Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with my friend Todd Wagner. Hey, buddy. Well, hey, Todd. So um, last week we, we talked about the issue of divorce. And we said, hey, is it ever okay for a believer to get divorced? And so I encourage folks to go back and watch that one. Mm-hmm. But today we want to talk about even the next step. That, that really, quite frankly, folks go, hey, it isn't the divorce that's a problem. It's, it's remarriage. Well, and so yeah. can a believer that has been divorced be remarried. Yeah, that is an important qualification on the believer piece because we're never surprised when a sinner sins. They're just fulfilling the job description. We said last week that the reason for every divorce is hard-heartedness, okay? And so, um, you know, and no abiding believer would ever say, I want to be committed to hard-heartedness. And when hard-heartedness hits me, I want to be a person committed to reconciliation. If you're committed to reconciliation, you don't want to do anything that's going to make reconciliation an impossibility. Well, what would make reconciliation an impossibility? What would make reconciliation an impossibility would be death. You can't marry somebody who's dead. Uh, I hope you would believe Maybe, that. Yeah. And you don't remarry somebody who is already remarried. And so if you, as the offended spouse, the believer who was divorced by a non-believer, choose to say, because I am no longer married, I am free to date and therefore remarry, and you remarry somebody else, and then God does a wonderful work of restoration in that other person's heart where they return to him. The reason that you could not be reconciled, which is God's great intention, that when man is joined together, let no man separate. What's been separated by sexual immorality or abuse or abandonment on the part of the non-believer couldn't be brought back together because the believer, the offended one in that initial relationship, has remarried. Man, may it never be. Have you ever been to a marriage ceremony where the pastor says to, let's just say the husband, do you, man, take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, in sickness or in health, and uh, for richer or for poor, and forsaking all others, will you keep them only to yourself as long as you both shall live, unless they commit adultery, unless they abandon you in ways that you're not comfortable with, unless they emotionally uh, abuse you, or even at times raise their hand against you in some way that offends you. No one ever says those things, unless you become addicted to porn, unless you have um, uh, a really um, a terrible sin issue. Then I'm out. People never say that at a wedding. The covenant they make before God and friends is I'm in this thing. One of the things I challenge couples to do, if they're going to get married and they're going to say, my covenant with you is good unless you do this, go ahead and state that publicly. But I've never heard anybody do it. Every time I marry somebody now, I ask them what they're committing to. And I go, is there anything he could do or she could do that would make you feel like you have an out? If so, let's put it in the vows. They don't want to do it because it's so unromantic or... Who wants to bring that negative possibility into it? Well, you need to realize you're marrying a notoriously unpredictable person when you marry, no matter who they are. They're called a human. See, when the disciples heard what Jesus said, the disciples said to him in verse 10, if the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. Are you kidding me that there's that level of commitment that you expect me to have? In verse 11, he said to them, not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it's been given. In other words, given because they are going to be people that follow Christ, live faithfully under his example. And so he says there are some who are eunuchs that are born that way from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. There are those who are eunuchs um, um, who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you put aside your desires, your wishes, 
to be sexually intimate, to be covenant with another one in a way that uh, appropriate intimate sexual expression would be appropriate, remarriage, okay? I'm not going to do that because of my commitment to God and my desire to model Christ's love for the church and to fulfill the picture that marriage is in the scripture of God's love for lost people. So I, I will tell you, we have a statement again at the very bottom of this that we'd love people to go look at and read. We don't believe, as elders at Watermark, this is very important that we say this. The, the scripture says in Romans 14, 22, the faith which you have has your, has your own conviction before God, and happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. We, I, the other leaders of the church of which I'm an elder, um, our staff, we don't believe that it would be loving to ever remarry a person who is a Christian while the possibility of reconciliation and restoration still exists. That means if the previous spouse is not dead or recovenanted to another person in marriage, we believe that the possibility of reconciliation is there. We've seen it happen. Even the most heartbreaking examples of sexual immorality, even in the most perplexing cases of abandonment, even in the most gut-wrenching, horrible situations where there's been abuse, we've seen restoration. How awful for the believing person who wants to honor God to be the reason that God couldn't accomplish what he intends. And that's what would happen if you recovenant with another person. And there, there's been some folks that have been frustrated or hurt even by that, yeah. that statement. And so that's why we say, hey, listen, for us, it would be uh, inappropriate for us to join in a wedding celebration for you to remarry somebody else. But we're very clear in this statement. Listen, there's a broad group of views on this that are out there. Other people who really love God, who study the scriptures with the same earnestness I do, might come to a different position. And so I'm not going to tell you that, uh, that it is absolutely and certainly unconditionally a sin if you remarry after you've been divorced for the reasons that we outlined in the previous Real Truth real quick. I'm going to tell you, I couldn't do it. We as a body can't support it. We believe that God's unquestionable best is reconciliation. If you feel like you can move forward in that, we're going to ask that you extend us grace in our position, and we're not going to tell you that you're absolutely offending God in yours. But uh, we shouldn't enter into it as spiritual shepherds and leaders, and certainly as people that are part of that ceremony. Good stuff. Hey, listen, if you're, out, if you're out here watching this and you're going through a you know, marriage issue or considering this divorce remarriage issue, we have a program here at Watermark called Re, Re-Engage, and we have those all around the country. We'll put a link down there. You can find a church nearest to you. You can jump in there. Other folks that will encourage you in your marriage. Um, anything else you want to add? No. All right. Well, we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.